You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. Now, Savage has just released their new shotgun called the Renegade. The Renegade is tough, reliable, and ready for anything. Whether you're busting clays, dropping ducks, or whacking turkeys, Renegade is built to withstand tough use in extreme conditions. For more information about the Renegade shotgun, visit savagearms.com slash renegade welcome to the transition wild podcast brought to you by expedition archery i'm your host adam parr and you're listening to episode number 65 where we talk spring turkey hunting with garrett rowe of heads up decoy Hello, and thanks again for tuning in to the Transition Wild Podcast, the number one source for Western big game hunting. Speaking of Western big game hunting, I thankfully made the deadline for applying for preference points in my tags in Colorado. Gosh, I really procrastinated this year. Usually I'm like a last weekend sort of guy, like I'll do it on Saturday or Sunday um, but no, this, this year I pretty much waited till the last hour and, uh, <laughs> I, I had this notion that this is going to be the year that the site crashes because, you know, the, the first year they did, uh, Colorado parks and wildlife did the, uh, leftover licenses, uh, to be able to be purchased online. It like literally crashed the site. So I was just like, ah, this will be the year that it goes down and I'm going to miss out on everything. <laughs> But thankfully, I didn't do that. Got applied for my points, uh, points in every species, except I uh, I am going for a mule deer tag this year. I'm pretty excited about that. I've been talking about that for a while. I should get drawn. We'll see. But um, looking forward to chasing some muleys at 12,000 feet. I think that'll be really cool. Uh, never shot a muley with my bow. I got one with a rifle a few years back, but... Never with a bow, so I think that'll be a lot of fun. Speaking of bows, uh, Expedition Archery, the partner of the podcast, the title sponsor of the podcast, they did a really cool thing. And, it, it, you know, working with a company is, and believing in a company and, and just buying from a company and being a, a customer is, is, is more about, I don't know, it's, it's a lot, also, it, you got to have a good product, right? But it's also about, the people behind it and the company, uh, that's behind the product. And, and they just recently announced, you know, during the whole COVID-19, the coronavirus scare, you know, a lot of businesses are shut down. That includes archery shops, sporting goods shops, stuff like that. So they're, they're doing some really cool things where at the factory, they're installing D loops, they're putting on rest, they're center shotting, they're tuning, Um, and they're drop shipping directly to customers, you know, through, through dealers, you know, you you still buy through a dealer, but you know, while those shops are shut down, you're still able to get a bow and you're still able to, to get it set up properly, which I think is really cool. I've never seen, you know, I personally have never seen another company do that. And I think that's, that's really innovative and, and, and we got to get creative during these times. So, um, hats off to Expedition Archery. I love my MX-16, uh, bow things, badass. Can't wait to get it out in the mountains here soon, chasing some turkeys and, um, you know, definitely give them a look. I, I, I highly recommend Expedition Archery hundred percent. Uh, speaking of turkeys, that's, that's today's topic. And I, I brought a returning guest many, many times, uh, returning guest Garrett Rowe 
back onto the show to talk about spring turkey. And um, so we talk about a lot about using the decoy and getting fired up for that. And it's it's a lot of fun, you know, just spot and stalk from the ground, some good stories, some good conversation. And then and then we actually kind of part to it into a November whitetail hunt of a, of a deer that Garrett had a lot of history with. And that was just really cool. It kind of, you know, got me flash forward thinking to, to the rut in November and, and, uh, can't wait to do some hunting myself, but, uh, you know, just kind of letting you know, it's a part, it's kind of a two part series and I, and I haven't really done that before either. So it's, it was a really cool episode. I really enjoyed this. Hope you guys did as well. I hope you, everyone's staying safe out there. That's the number one thing. And uh, get outside a bit. I mean, that's a you know, great thing to do during this time and, and, and get out and get some fresh air and, and relax and uh, stay healthy. So let's not wait any longer. Let's get Garrett Rowe on the line. Before we begin, today's episode is brought to you by Expedition Archery, manufacturer of the world's finest archery experience. Expedition bows combine aerospace level quality, innovative designs, and a fluid feel serious hunters demand. Test drive one today at your nearest archery retailer and view their full lineup at expeditionarchery.com. Why settle for status quo when opportunity and adventure awaits? Make your next hunt an expedition. All right, on the line with us now, Garrett Rowe with Heads Up Decoy. How are you today, Garrett? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, got my Colorado tags and preference points put in just before the deadline this evening, so I was pretty happy. Ah, <laughs> knock it in. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always think procrastinate. I did mine. I do too. I think you know you almost have to have it on your phone and alert. Um, and actually, I think there's apps for that, but. Uh, I think I this year I did not plan on um, <clears throat> on heading anywhere. Uh, I have, I guess, a couple other ideas, or at least at the, at the time there were a few other things going on that I was thinking that uh, might keep me from um, going out of state. So I just put in for points. Yeah. Um, so. Well, you burned you burned your elk elk uh, points last year on that. On was that last year or the year before? I can't remember. Uh, when was that? 20, 2018 was the year that I went to, uh, Colorado 70, unit 76 archery. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And that took, uh, how many points is that? Was that like 14, 15, I, 20, 15 or 16. It was a yeah. long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how, the population or, or how many people come out and hunt, if there's going to be more people hunting this fall in various states, I guess, because of the whole, yeah. you know, Corona thing going on, everyone might be a right. little bit uncertain. They might not be putting in for yeah. tags. They might be holding off this year and wait until next year. It'll be interesting. Well, it will be. I mean, if it's still going on by then, there's going to be other things they're going to be worried about. Yeah, no um, kidding, right? And it isn't going to be shooting a deer. Or, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Or, or an elk or whatever. There'll be probably some bigger concerns than that um, uh, at that point. <clears throat> so I, I just I can't see it going on that long. But, you know, uh, um, I think most people probably feel the same and probably just went ahead and, and did, you know, if economically, if they're able to at this point, um, probably threw their name in the hat, you know, with the same – 
philosophy you and I probably both have that this is going to probably go on for another month or two. And, and after that, it'll hopefully be, um, you know, kind of regaining our economy and, and people getting back to work and our normal way of life. Yeah. There's going to be such a thing after this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hope so. At least, uh, at least hunting, it it, it keeps you uh, social distance outside and uh, you can get away from people. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) One way to look at it. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I, and I agree. I don't like to see people when I'm hunting. So (laughs) exactly. (laughs) You know, I don't think anybody likes to see people except for maybe at camp or something when they're hunting. I think they would just soon be the only person on earth when they're out there, (laughs) you know, trying to get an animal. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So what, what are you, what are your plans for this fall? Are you, are you just sticking around Kansas? You going to head any other States? What's, what's that look like? Um, so, um, and I, I don't even know. I, I would really like to try something just a a little bit different. Um, uh, so we, I might try an early season deer hunt somewhere, um, like in the plains somewhere. I I mean, I live in the plains, so that's really kind of sounds silly, but, um, a a place that offers, yes, yes. Um, and something that's, you know, I could just drive and be somewhere, maybe, you know, in, you know, less than a day and I could, you know, give myself three or four days and give it a try. And, uh, you know, and that's about it really. Um, I've never shot a big mule deer. And so that is, that's on the brain right now. And I, it takes a little bit more time and effort because I'm not as close to mule deer as I used to be when I grew up. Um, you know, we were, you know, mule deer were a lot more uh, prevalent where, where I live and where I hunt. Um, I would say almost 50, 50, you know, back in, you know, the late nineties. And now, you know, I, I see eight maybe. Yeah. Um, and so it's pretty sad. I mean, I think you came out a couple springs ago and I, I pulled over on the side of the road because there were six of them out in this field. <laughs> I took a bunch of pictures of them, if you remember. Yeah, you were, I mean, you were in awe. Yeah. Yeah. So and, you know, that, that road we were driving used to have, you know, 60 or 70, you know, or maybe not wow. quite that many, but yeah. certainly 40. Um, and then they would trickle in from the north or the south, you know, and now there's just, there's just, they're gone. So it's sad. So, um, so that means if I, if I, I don't know if I say it, um, that means that I got to do it. Um, but man, I just, I would really like to shoot a really nice mule deer. And, and to do that, you just don't get out of bed and go do it. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's more of a commitment, honestly, than shooting a, a big whitetail, um, because it's more competitive, it's more travel, and um, you know, it's just, it's a little bit harder to do. Yeah, yeah, hundred so. percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I, uh, I put in for uh, archery mule deer tag this year. So I, oh, I good. decided decided okay. to burn my points. I had like four points. Um, mm, you know. Yeah. 
try to try to go for so, something and we'll see see if i end up drawing it. or uh yeah yeah you gonna, do a high country or eastern plains okay no high country should be you know above twelve thousand feet you know i'm gonna hunt them hunt them high and you best yeah uh, best bet i'll have a heads up decoy with me try to get her done <laughs> all right sounds good uh because you know i've been waiting to do that's another one of my things i gotta do i'm starting to get older and um you know seasons are not i mean i don't have i have probably i have more seasons behind me probably than i do ahead of me and so uh that is one another one of the things that i would like to do is shoot a nice velvet mule deer buck too and um so i have i think four points for that in colorado and that's where I'd like to do it. Um, I know when I was in 76, uh, elk hunting, oh my gosh. And, and maybe people that are putting in for mule deer right now, I guess it's too late. You know? <laughs> so it's not like it's, you yeah. know, yeah, exactly. Uh, but oh my gosh. Some good mealies. Oh boy. We saw some monsters. I mean, and it was funny because we kick a rock and a mule deer or a buck would jump out from underneath it. It was, they were everywhere. It was, Wow. It was awesome, and we saw some we saw some some great bucks, you know, multiple ones over one seventy. Um, wow. Multiple. Yeah. 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 I think that's so cool when when you see them up in elk country, you know, in the aspens above tree line. Yeah. I mean, they're just uh-huh. that's a totally different animal than let's say a plains mule deer. I, I guess. I mean, they're they're both tough to yeah. hunt, but. Man, mm-hmm. that's that's some rugged country and and just a cool animal. This this year being that the the archery starts in September September second, right. I'm Ooh. hoping I can really get after them that first week or at least the first couple of days and try to get one in velvet because I would like to get a velvet buck too. But you know, oh, for sure, yeah, you know that you get you yeah. get into that second week. I mean, they're gonna be they're they're stripping that yeah. velvet for sure. Yeah, and I hear basically after they get out of that out of their velvet and into the timber, man, they're really tough to, they're really, you know, they're hard to get until the, till the rut or with a rifle Then you're, you know, um, that's what I've heard, whether there's any truth to that, I don't know, but I mean, probably the year to the, the year that to draw a mule deer tag was probably the year that I drew my elk tag because, um, the season in Colorado couldn't have ended any sooner. I mean, it was, the season was over, september 23rd i think that's the earliest it could end so obviously um that was the earliest it could start so that would have been the year to yeah no um, kidding (laughs) so anybody out there with mule deer points if you're thinking maybe you know maybe give it a couple of years so it starts you know you get more days in august Uh, and if you're holding out for september elk hunt you might want to wait yeah well they changed they changed it so it's the five-year plant the next five years is going to be starting september 2nd oh okay um, yeah well, but, I don't, that tells you how much i've been paying attention <laughs> yeah no they just they just changed that or put that into effect late last year and then it's going you know the okay. season start september 2nd so last year it still started in august but oh, this, okay. the, the next five years everything's starting on the second which is kind of i mean it's definitely better for elk hunting i would say uh it and does it go into how far into september and the last day of september okay so well, that's beautiful that's, yeah, yeah yeah it makes it real nice for that but mule deer yeah, if you're so, trying to kill a velvet or get something more of a pattern routine it might be a little tougher yeah so, it would be definitely harder for that yeah. so 
Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. Well, very cool. So we got we got spring turkey coming up, and I want to talk about that and and, yes. and dive into some tactics and you know some of your past hunts and the decoys and whatnot because uh-huh. I've also got a turkey hunt coming up here in Colorado. Plan on using the heads up, and then um, and then I'll after that I want to talk about. We were talking a little bit on the phone the other day about your whitetail hunt from that this past fall. So I I, I want to yeah, cover that bet. too. It sounds really really okay. cool. So um, yeah. I want to I want to start with with turkeys. Um, what uh, I guess I guess from more of the company standpoint was was the turkey decoy something that was like one of the early on decoys or was it something that you brought up later in the lineup? It was something I brought up later in the lineup. My first four were, um, the elk antelope mule deer doe and whitetail doe. And then the Turkey decoy came in later and it took me a while to kind of figure out how I wanted to do that. And when I first designed one, it looked really similar to basically what was already out there on the market and and i didn't want to do that um and plus it took a lot of wind and it wasn't really something that i felt was gonna do what i wanted it to do and then eventually um i just kind of cut out a you know i had a i have a picture of a of a tom turkey and i just cut the center out of it and then that's when we dropped the real fan in the back of it and kind of went from there um and then it's been one of our most, I mean, you know, turkeys are prolific. And so it's not, you know, we're fortunate to have for the most part opportunities to hunt them. Uh, and, and, and quite a few of them. And so generally speaking, you know, fanning them, you know, with the, you know, or reaping, whatever, you know, you want to, how, whatever you want to call it, that that's been, you know, that's a, um, it's a little controversial, I guess. I mean, it depends on, you know, the purists, you know, there's some people out there that think it's cheating. And then there's other people that are scared that you'd get shot. And, and there's a myriad of other, you know, and plus there's a jillion different decoys out there now that, that do that. I mean, we were, our, we designed ours in 2010 and really kind of got some momentum in 2011. We were just, I mean, we were killing turkeys like crazy um, way back then with the same design that I have. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a fanning decoy, but you can use it traditional also. Um, and that's, that's kind of the, the thing, you know, all of our decoys are just, they're designed to, to do a lot of different, um, uh, techniques, um, and they can adapt to environmental, uh, uh, I guess, um, what do I want to say? If it's really crappy outside, you know, you, you can still use our decoy. It's not gonna, you know, you can hold it, you can control it. Um, yeah. or, or if maybe you decide I want to do a roost hunt, you can stick the decoy in the ground or, um, and, or if you want to bow mount it, it's bow mountable. Um, if it's super windy and you can't put it in a bow, you know, you can have a guy holding it, fanning for you, and you can get in his hip, you know, your buddy's hip pocket and shoot one at five yards or ten yards, you know. Uh, and so, you know, we've 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 made it so the decoy is just not one-dimensional. It does so many different things, and uh, and the fact that it does 
it goes in and out of the bow mount. So it's really like tonight I did a quick little video uh, about, you know, one of the, I think one of the uh, best things about our decoy is the fact that it's in and out of the bow mount really fast. I mean, you can crawl and you can fan and you can provide movement. And like you're strutting Tom Turkey, um, you can get the attention of the Tom when he's out there a ways. Um, and then it can go quickly into the bow mount. You can set up and bam, you're, you're, it's right there. It's, um, you have control of the decoy almost at all times. Actually you do. I mean, you know, so even when it's in your bow, you're technically uh, controlling it, you know, and that's, one of the reasons why I designed heads up decoy for all of them is because man, when it's in your hands, you control what's going on. You're, you're the one dictating this situation. And, and I've just found that over the years, um, that when I'm in control, I can either kill the animal or scare it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, I've just, that's kind of the mentality, I guess. And, um, so, um, so yes, turkey season is actually, it's kind of here already. It's, it's the 7th of April and, um, the youth season opened here in Kansas on the first, um, and then archery season opened Monday and that's all I shoot. I just, I don't need to kill a turkey bad enough. So, um, I just shoot him with a bow. Um, my son still shoots him with a shotgun. So, uh, we got a couple of tags in our pocket and we haven't had any action yet. So, um, but that's our turkey decoy in, uh, in a, in a nutshell, you know, we don't make a hen decoy. It's just, you know, that fan, the real, it takes a real fan. Yeah. That's something that's really unique to, about it. Yeah. Is that you, yeah. you add your own fan to it. You can change that up a little bit and yeah. it makes it more portable, yeah. a little lighter, you know, all that. Yeah. And it's naturally vented. So, you know, it doesn't take the wind as bad. Um, and, and obviously anytime you add anything that's real, it just adds to the realism of the decoy itself. Um, and, and the fact that it is naturally vented, um, it does reduce some of the wind effect. Um, I've shot some turkeys on some pretty dang windy days. Um, and you know, most of my shots are inside of 20 yards. I, I think I've shot, maybe two turkeys basically out of i'm just going to kill something over 25 yards i think (laughs) Um, most of them are most of them most of the turkeys i shoot are inside of inside of 20 yards usually they're and and i would say the majority of them are 10 yeah and and i don't even want to tell you how many times i've missed um (laughs) turkeys inside of 20 yards it's it's pretty it's pretty pathetic (laughs) It's, uh, it's tough. Give you guys They're a, a tiny uh, animal. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, um, but you know, when they're in, you know, at twenty yards, you should be a, generally an experienced bow hunter should be able to put their arrow, you know, where it needs to go. And 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 I say this to people all the time, whether it's you know uh, whatever decoy they're using. When an animal's committed, a lot of times, you know, you don't have to get in a rush. And I keep forgetting that myself. And and I'll I'll draw back on a turkey, and I've got time. And 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 ninety nine percent of the times that I miss, it's just simply because I rush. Um, and the other 
forty percent is because I don't put my pin on them. I just for whatever reason my I just I hit the trigger before I you know. So and that's part of rushing, you know. You yeah. just you know, you just you've they're committed, they're coming. Um and it seems like the ones that work when I have my best success or when they're the most relaxed is when they come in strutting. Cause they'll come in a couple of different ways. They'll come in charging like just in a dead sprint. Um, and other times, cause I'll hand call. Um, and so they'll think maybe there's some hens around and if it's a dominant bird, um, then, you know, they may come in strutting, you know, trying to put on a show for that hen and, and, those are the times when, you know, you've got, it just seems like you have a little bit more time to draw your bow and settle your pin than when they're just bum rushing you, three or four of them, you know, and you, you draw your bow back and you've got birds all over and one of them starts getting spooky. Um, those are the ones that I rush. Um, but I've had plenty of success with the, with the decoys, uh, with, with the turkey and shooting turkeys at close range and, all kinds of cover most you know and most of the time it's out in the middle of the open so yeah because that's where there are that's where they are and so that's where we go yeah uh tell us a little bit about that video that from what was that a couple of years ago where you where you yeah. shot that turkey yeah. at, like it was literally at like three a couple, yards yeah I think. yeah like, yeah and he was <laughs> still insane. running at me yeah, he was coming in to kick your ass. <laughs> yes, he was. And, you know, it's on YouTube, and um, I hardly get any views, and I think it's because, you know, I bought some um, some music, uh, you know, for other promotional videos and stuff like that. And when I bought the license, um, you know, back then, um, then when I produce stuff and I go back and I say, oh, yeah, this, this music really works well with this, it's, then, you know, YouTube says, no, you're copywriting, and which I'm not because I purchased it legitimately, the, the music. Uh, and so I don't get a ton of views, I guess. I don't know why. But to me, um, if you would, if you were to that, – that, that video right there, Adam, kind of sums up how to use the turkey decoy. Yeah, you know, we, I, saw these, <laughs> I saw these birds um, – and actually, you know, and this Tom was out, he was strutting, doing his thing. And, uh, and I fanned him in from 150 yards and called him. And I, you know, we had crawled in, got to a decent uh, spot where he could see. And he kind of worked his way nice and slow. And, and I, and he, I knew he was coming, but there was a, like a little ditch below me out in front of me so i couldn't you know that's the worst part about turkey hunting is if there's a small like if they can disappear uh below you and then they always come up wherever you're not expecting and he kind of came up to my side a little bit um but when i turned to him that bird started running and i went and kind of at a he was puffed up and when I drew my bow back, he kicked it in another gear and he was, I literally shot him on the dead run. I don't even, <laughs> all I saw was black on every one of my pins and I, I'm not even sure I really anchored. I just know that I 
drilled him and he didn't yeah. go but 20 yards and and he was sprinting as fast almost as fast as he could when i shot him at three he was gonna he was gonna hit me he was gonna bump me yeah there was no doubt 100%. he was coming spurs you know a blazing i guess that. <laughs> so that was and, and it was great because i had just kind of recovered from um i had my gallbladder taken out I think for that one earlier in the year, I had my appendix taken out. And so, um, I was just able to, you know, draw my bow like a couple of days before I was before that hunt. And so I shot a couple of times and I was then went out and hunted. Um, yeah. so, but that was, that was, uh, that was a Turkey that I shot on, um, um, with the decoy on the bow out. Most of them are shot, most of the birds I shoot, I shoot, uh, with the decoy on my bow or somebody holding it. Uh, most of the time it's me, uh, with the decoy on my bow. I've had it in a stake and I've sat behind it before. And I shot one like that. I called, you know, a bird in from several hundred yards away. Um, and I fanned him and then I just dropped the decoy in the stake and I just hid behind the, the decoy played peekaboo and when he come when he crossed the road and got on to the side of the fence where i could shoot him um you know he was at 10 or eight nine yards somewhere in there and um so i've shot and i've missed some birds in in a blind before um, i've never i've never shot anything out of a blind oh wow um but yeah, i've had opportunities yeah, is that like your favorite thing? I mean, obviously being more mobile and 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 you know being on the run, but is that typically your favorite thing? Is spotting them and going in, or have you done some setups where you've hit it off the roost and they're coming down out of the trees and you decoy them in that way? Or what's what's your favorite way to um, do it? I don't know. I mean, I, they're all fun. I mean, I my favorite way. I mean. I mean, it's hard to be like a bird strutting in and doing his thing. Um, from the roost, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, that, that's in the morning and um, everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that, that's hard to beat. And I'll, I'll never sit there and tell somebody that they're wrong on that because it's, you know, you get in there at oh dark 30 and you're sitting there and, you, and then all of a sudden you hear that first gobble. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> your first time turkey hunter, you know, you got to do that. I mean, you got to get up at four in the morning and stumble through the dark and, sit under a tree and then sit there for 30 minutes before it gets light. And then, you know, you hear the turkeys and the whole thing waking up. And I mean, you got to do that. And, and, and we have done that actually with my son. His first turkey was just like that. You know, the wind was going to be blowing. Oh, it was awful. Um, The wind was blowing, you know, 30 to 40 miles an hour that day. And we had roosted some birds the night before and it was really nice that day. Um, but, you know, he was nine, I think. I think he was nine. And so he wasn't, he's not, you don't want him with a gun and trying to spot and stock and all that stuff. And it'd just be a nightmare. So that's how we did it with him. And, you know, I threw out some $10 hen decoys and put my decoys next to him. And we had three toms, you know, rush us. And he shot, shot him at like seven yards. So, yeah. Um, you know, so they're all fun. I mean, you know, but. I just, I, you know, obviously, you know, I think for fanfare, um, it's, you know, it's more fun for me to, 
show the decoy as a fanning decoy, like, like it's designed in a, um, it's true use. It's best use is kind of a fanning decoy, but, um, yeah, that's the beauty about, you know, turkey hunting. There's, there's a lot of different ways to do it and, and everybody has their own way and, and, um, wants a certain experience. So, yeah. Yeah, and what's I guess what's cool about it too, not necessarily just the turkey decoy, all it applies to all the decoys, but especially when you're turkey hunting, you, you know, you think in in your traditional sense, you just got to be as still as possible. Don't blink, don't uh-huh. don't move, right. you yeah. know, whereas with yeah. the the heads up decoy, I mean, that's the whole goal is to to make some movement, get that bird to see that fan, you know, yeah. wave it around a little yeah. bit or you know, whatever you got to do, but right. that's it's a totally different style of hunting. It is, yeah, and and you'd be surprised what you can get away with. Um, I know uh, a few years ago, a buddy of mine, uh, we were out, and I was filming him, and he was like ten yards in front of me, and we were in, you know, a mowed brome field, and so the grass was, uh, you could see a golf ball in it. <laughs> um, Not much cover. And, no, there was zero cover other than our fan other than the heads up decoy and me and him and we had a hen come from like 200 yards and she walked david was about mm, seven or eight yards in front of me and she walked right between us and then she walked all the way around me i mean i'm looking at her and i could have reached out and grabbed her <laughs> and you know and and hens will do that you just don't worry about the hens i've had hens bed down next to me in fact, I've got really? selfies on my phone. I yeah, I have selfies on my phone with a hen bedded down like five yards from me. Wow, that's so cool. So yeah, so hens will you know kind of do that sometimes, um, and you know Jake's you know you can you can fool Jake's you know a lot of times because they're in a band. You know, usually there's several of them, and they'll they'll come right in. You know, so Jake's are really easy to get. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't work every time, Adam. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit there and say that, man, you're going to go out there and have – I mean, I think over the course of a whole season, if you just dedicated a, you know, fanning, you know, with a heads-up decoy, you're going to empty your quiver, you know. Uh, I would be shocked if you're – if you don't um, – if you don't get a few shots. Yeah, yeah, that's that's way cool. Well, that that's the cool thing about it is it's so versatile, right? Like you said, yeah. you can you can stake it in front of a, a blind if you wanted. I mean, if that's your style, yeah. and you want something that's yeah. lightweight and portable, and you can pack with you, you know, whatever. It's it's yeah. it's real easy to do that, and yeah. uh, you know, or use it as a fan and have your buddy hold it, or you hold it for your buddy, yeah. or bow mount it, yeah. or I mean, there's just yeah. a lot of different applications, and yeah. I remember. I remember when we were doing uh, when I was out there with you a couple springs ago in Kansas, um, you know, mm-hmm. doing some of the photography and whatever. And when you have that real fan kind of glowing in the morning sunlight, I mean, it really. Oh. I mean, it like it picks it up like really yeah. good. I mean, it looks so realistic yeah. just because you can see that yeah. white kind of ring going around, whereas yes. uh-huh. with the sun kind of coming through it and filtering through yeah. it, it looks really yeah. neat. Right. And you got to remember with all of our decoys too, we're not, you know, we're, we're fooling those animals when they're out there, 60, 70, 80, hundred yards, 200 yards, 300, you know? So when they're coming 
most of the time they've already convinced themselves, you know, 40 yards away that you're one of them. And so the fact that it, you don't have this complete three, you know, 3d image is, at that point is irrelevant because you've already convinced them that, Hey, you're a turkey or you're a whitetail buck or you're an elk or an antelope or whatever it is. You know, yeah. Killed deer, so. yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I've noticed using it with the whitetail stuff. Once they, once they see it, it's just like, it's kind of, you know, especially if it's a dominant mature animal, I mean, oh, yeah. they, they commit and they kind of never really look at it. I mean, they no. do, but they, they don't, yeah. you know, it's not like they're really yeah. honed in on it. It's just like, okay, they know they're going to come in and, and eliminate this threat and, and mm-hmm. they don't need to necessarily <laughs> study it inch by inch. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yes, they've already decided I'm kicking your ass. Look at me, look <laughs> yeah. at, look, you know, they're coming in and they're showing, trying to be as big as possible. And, um, and I, I, I have a buddy of mine um, that I always tell him, you know, the turkey decoy is really good. And I think all of our decoys are really good. I think our mule deer doe is freaking awesome. Uh, and it's been around since, you know, the beginning. And it's it's easily been one of our, you know, most effective decoys because it has such a kick-ass profile. But our whitetail buck decoy is probably because I use it the most. Is if you bow hunt and you bow hunt whitetails, it's, I would say, you know, I would, I used to downplay this experience. I always put elk a little bit higher than anything else. You gotta, you gotta hear an elk bugle, which you do. If you bow hunt, you need to hear an elk, a bull elk bugle from close range. I mean, yeah, it's it, freaking cool. You just, <laughs> you gotta, gotta hear that and feel it. Yeah. hundred I mean, percent. One thing to hear it, you know, bull elk, they could be a hundred yards away and they can rip one off. You feel that. Oh yeah. You know, when it's a crisp, cool morning or whatever it is in the mountains, I mean, you know, you feel it. And but you know the whitetail experience, getting a a mature whitetail buck coming in on you, when you're really out in the middle of nowhere, and he's there and he's thinking he's going to kick your ass, and he's coming in. There is a, there's an out of I don't even know what kind of experience it is. I mean, I, I was talking to a friend of mine that hunts, you know, that he had helped me figure all this stuff out. And they turn into this zombie, and it's the weirdest, eeriest. I mean, I don't even out of universe. Well, it's like, it's like you can watch experience. it. You can watch it happen. You, like you see the switch. Like if if there's yeah. one that's zoned in, like you see him like snap into a whole different mode, and it's yes. it's something totally yeah. that you just you don't see very often. And when when it does happen, it's 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 a really neat experience. It is. It's just so. It's just so weird. I mean, it, it, I don't know. If weird. I, I just cool because their eyes get really big, and they and they're and they puff up. I mean, every hair on their body is literally standing up, and their legs are all stiff and just ears are down. And it's just it's just something that I. 
am happy that I have been able to experience because it's, it is really cool. I mean, we've, we've shot a handful of, of deer out of self-defense and, and it's, it's unreal. It's just once they, sometimes once they commit, man, it's just, there's, there ain't nothing stopping them, but the arrow and that's no lie. Yeah, I know. That's, that's way cool. I, I feel unless, unless you want to talk a little bit more on the Turkey, uh, and we can, if you want to, but I feel like this is kind of a good segue to get into the whitetail story. Uh, did we miss anything? Yeah. Did we want to cover anything else on the well, you know, Turkey side of things? Um, you know, we have plenty of turkey decoys right now. I know turkey season is uh, upon us. Um, we're going to be kicking in for people across the U.S. Um, it's a great way to get out um, and <laughs> social distance. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. since that's the new buzzword. But, you know, the re- the thing is, I, I think, Adam, you know, we have a decoy that you can buy. It comes with a ground stake. It does not come with a real fan. You've got to provide that. It has a clip on the, the fan that'll hold, or on the decoy that'll hold your fan in place. And it'll hold it. I don't care if you're running or, you know, you, um, there's some Bubba hunters out there that, that'll lose it. Um, but for the most part, you know, your decoy, um, you know, you'll have it ready to go. You drop your real fan in the back end of that thing and it'll stay there. Uh, it's durable. I mean, you buy this thing and you're done. I mean, and if you buy the bow mount, that bow mount will fit every decoy from now until, you know, unless I really go through a drastic redesign, it's going to, it's going to work for every product we sell. And I got to believe that you're going to get your money's worth out of our decoy. It's just, I mean, it's very durable. You're going to get years of use out of it. Um, and so, I guess now, you know, people don't have a lot of money right now and, uh, people are, you know, but this is something that's, you know, a, a decoy that's going to last you a long time. And, and oh, yeah. I think there's some value into it in, in, in our product. And so, you know, um, you can email us or you can check out our YouTube videos. I mean, we've shot turkeys about every way imaginable with this thing. So, yeah. 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 Well, for me, I mean, in, in Colorado, especially where I'm going to be hunting, I'm here in the mountains. I'm, I'm not dragging a, a, a different, No. I'm not taking a actual Turkey decoy up, you know, and doing a setup like that. I want something light. I'm going to pack with me, Yeah. you know, um, <laughs> have multiple uses for it. <laughs> I don't know how much our decoy weighs, but I'd be shocked if it was more than 10 ounces. Yeah. Yeah. It's not much. And that's, yeah. And that does not, that just includes like that would be the decoy that your turkey fan and the handle. Now the ground stake is a little bit heavier than that, uh, but still, that's not even that much. I mean, it's you know that's you'll lose that thing in about uh, your first setup probably. <laughs> but, um, but you know the bow mount will be set up before you ever leave, so you'll be you'll be ready to go. Yeah. So yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, well, very cool. Yeah, I uh, that'll get some people pumped up for for turkey season and and obviously it's still underway but i know like in my home state i think you can hunt turkeys in michigan till like the end of may i think they have a season that goes all the way till the end of may which is pretty yeah, crazy so does so does kansas okay yeah, it's may 31st i think yeah wow wow yeah. pretty neat yeah i don't know when long season yeah yeah i think colorado's is the, might be the same 
but it doesn't start here till like mid-April. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. I need to figure that out. <laughs> Life's going right. too crazy yeah. right now. I don't, I don't even know what day it is. I, I just kind of go with the flow, I guess. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> Trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. let's, let's, let's transition and talk about some whitetail hunting. I, I know, uh, I've kind of heard a little bit on this story and, and we've talked a little bit about it, but I'm interested to hear about your whitetail hunt from this this past fall it took place in kansas right yes yeah and it, i kind of foreshadowed a little bit without even uh trying to um because i told you the year that i shot that turkey at like three steps running in at me yeah um i had, had my gallbladder taken out and then i and then but prior to that was oh gosh when was that that was in march of something or end of february when i had my gallbladder taken out but I had my an emergency appendectomy, like, um, right after, like right in the middle of November, worst possible. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say. And I can't remember what day it was, but it was like money time. It was like smack dab in the middle of November. I think it was like the 14th or 15th and I had to get my gallbladder taken out or my, uh, uh my appendix taken out. And so that pretty much ended my my bow season for the most part, I did back my bow down quite a bit and tried to get out like, um, after rifle season. Uh, but that pretty much halted it. And, and at that point, um, I had found a, a buck, um, that every time I went out this, I was, I was getting a lot of trail cam pictures of him. And, uh, and I set my trail cam pictures up on rubs and scrapes um, and some water holes. I got a water hole, but mostly my best, because I don't like to get like a ton of doe, de- a ton of doe pictures and raccoons and turkeys and junk that I just don't care about. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see the bucks. And so I put my trail cam pictures up. Once they get out of velvet, then they start rubbing and doing their thing. So I, as soon as they start doing that, my trail cameras are always on a heavily rub line, a heavy rub line or scrape line or something. Um, and, and I have been getting pictures of this one buck for many years, Adam. Uh, I, I pulled up a picture of him in 2015. Oh, wow. He might've been two and a half years old then. Could have been three, but two and a half for sure. And, I'd seen him. I go, man, he's going to be a, he's perfect frame, 10 pointer. You know, he's going to be a nice buck. And he made it through the rifle season. And then, uh, and then at 16, uh, you know, he really was nice. And I think that is the year that I, yeah, no, I can't remember. My years are getting messed up. Now 16 was the year that I, I shot a, a nice eight pointer. Um, and in 17, he, cause 16, I was after a 200 inch and I never saw him. Um, and in seven and in, in 18, this buck was like, you know, he, he looked really impressive and I called him and I'm not a big namer of bucks. Um, but I called him tall boy because he was, he had a pretty tall rack. Yeah. And, um, and we were just like, a, every time I went out, I was finding this deer. I was, and <clears throat> it was just, I don't, 
it was just one of those things. He was always around. I was always, I mean, I was seeing him through um, just glimpses. I'd pick up a tiny movement and miraculously, I just happened to turn my head and I'd get some movement and I'd throw my binos up or my spotting scope. And sure enough, there he is. And I'd gotten in on him multiple times that year and I had missed him twice. Um, and neither shot was good and probably ill-defined, you know, I shouldn't have done it. I, you know, they were, I shouldn't have done it. Let me just say that. Um, uh, but I, I thought the one morning before my end of my season, I was going to get it done because I was finally, most of the time he always had somebody else with him. And what I mean by that is there was always a satellite buck and if you hunt bucks that are locked down with a heads-up decoy, there's going to be two things that are going to hose you. A doe, um, the doe could get you if you're not careful, um, or a satellite buck. The satellite buck is going to keep the dominant buck from leaving. And uh, the one morning I got out there, and this buck was on walk-in hunting, 15 yards bedded down from the road on walk-in hunting wow. with a doe. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh. But you know, and I, he was, I just had to watch him because there was, there was no way for me to, to anybody to get in on him because he was, um, you know, it was wheat stubble and there was no place to hide or get in. I mean, it was just, Park you just the had truck. to wait him out. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and just sit there. And, okay, do something, and and eventually he had crossed the road and got and was on a place I could hunt, and he bedded down with a doe, and I got I literally got on inside of forty yards, and he was bedded down. He was looking the other way. I could see his doe in the in the um in the sunflowers, and I was really getting pissed because I was grunting and snort wheezing and he wouldn't turn his head and look at me. And it wasn't that windy. And I'm like, dude, this, what is going on? And I just kept, I was too aggressive. I ultimately, I ended up, um, bumping the dough and that's kind of the, he took off and, and I, you know, he had, he was broadsided at like 40 yards or something. And I, I, I was at full draw and, and I shot and missed him. But, um, I was just so pissed at him because I knew that that was my moment. That was my time to kill him. Yeah. He was by himself with that doe. I was in, I was cl- All he had to turn around and do is go come 20 yards. And he was point blank and he just wouldn't acknowledge my existence. I was pissed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not, because, that's not the norm. Is yeah. it like usually they're going to no, look isn't. or do some sort of reaction you know we've had a couple of i've had a couple of bucks that have not that have just like uh given you the middle finger and won't like acknowledge you maybe because they just you know they don't want to deal with you or maybe they've you know what i've i've heard this smack talking before i've kicked everybody's ass in the (laughs) neighborhood i I ain't getting why bother (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i'm not getting up and so um, so I'd missed him and, uh, I think that was my last time, but I had had, I missed him and then I, 
found him one day. So there was these, there was this real big field of uh, corn stalks. Okay, um, there was a corn circle, and they had, when they harvested the corn, which it was awesome, they left the corn, um, you know, the stalks up. They didn't mow them right to the ground, so it's like a picket fence for oh, like, wow. you know, That's a perfect. quarter mile. You know, yeah, and you know, 30, 30 inches apart or whatever they, you know, and just like row after row of corn stalks. And so, you know, those deer, I mean, they were gone. You couldn't, you know, they were hard to see in there. And I saw him at first light and he was in the CRP right next to it. And I'm like, okay. And then I kind of lost him and I had to move my truck and I'm like, you know, he's got to be in this cornfield. And so I just, dove into the crp and then so the the corn stalks were running north and south and i was like shuffling right to the east and every corn every aisle of corn stalks i was looking down you know to see if i could find him and i was like okay i there's nothing here so i sat down for a while and then all of a sudden he got up and i picked him up and by that time it was 8 30 or 9 o'clock in the morning and i'd been in that field at least by eight maybe seven forty-five, and i crawled into this field and uh adam i bet you i watched five thousand geese migrate over the top of me uh, i took a nap um i had deer around me pretty much all day um, so I stayed in that field with him all day because there were satellite bucks harassing him. And I couldn't, every time I would get to a point where I was ready to kind of challenge him, a, a satellite buck would push him a little bit farther away. And so, um, how, how are you making I, that determination of when, when to challenge him? Like, is it a certain yard distance? Is it like cover like what? 80 to 60 to 80 a lot of times it's cover i mean yeah. sometimes it's cover um i knew because there was other deer around that i needed to be pretty close yeah 60 would is was ideal um and and i i like to shoot animals at 20 okay so some people 60s in their range I, me i i like to shoot them at 20 um and so i like to get to where 60 that 80 yard um is just kind of that magic bubble right there um, because then they don't really have to come i mean i try to be i try to make sure i can shoot to 40 yards pretty easily um and so once you get to that 80 to, to 60 yard range uh and that's a long ways oh okay? yeah it's still a long ways and when you've got a little bit of, you'd be surprised when you're laying on your belly how much cover you there is there really is out there you just got to use it um and so i laid in this cornfield with this buck and these deer literally all day it was the coolest day i've ever and i uh that i've ever hunted in my life it was i'll never forget it i mean um i had no water no food i was just waiting for my opportunity and it finally came at about 10 minutes after sundown and I finally got him to come and I had an equipment malfunction and 
I could have shot him. He was at 25 yards, and I had a small gap between the corn stalks. I was at full draw, and I was sitting there in the process of trying to think, okay, is my gap far enough forward that I can stick it in his lungs? I couldn't quite tell because there was, um, you know, I just I couldn't tell where where exactly it was. I couldn't see his front leg, and I didn't want to shoot him back. Yeah, uh, you know, and and I didn't have much room for air with my alley. I mean, I had to just thread the needle. And so I sat there 25 yards waiting for him to make another step. Cause if he'd have taken two more steps, he'd have been in the same row that I would have been. And then I could have made that shot. Um, but as it stands, you know, he was in the row next to me to my left and I just wasn't comfortable taking that shot. And then I had a small malfunction and, you know, he was a little bit on edge at that point. Um, and it was over. And so I spent the whole day there. Um, and I walked back to my truck thinking, you know, I'm a bow hunter. <laughs> I really felt like, you know, dude, this is, this is bow hunting. Yeah. If, if, and, um, I mean, I had a great time. I decoyed in a small buck, you know, cause they were running, he was running them off all over the place. And so I went ahead and thought, okay, well, here's, here's another opportunity for me to, you know, um, show the decoy and move a little bit. And I ended up decoying in a really, you know, a small buck to like point blank range. And, you know, he postured in and, you know, it was a great day. I mean, there was, I mean, pheasants in the field with me, quail, geese flying over the top of the field, you know, migrating cause it was a cold that. front. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I was using geese to move uh, because it, there wasn't a ton of wind. And so when I would, when a flock of geese would come over and they were honking and making noise, I would move 10 yards <laughs> or whatever I could. So, <laughs> nice. you know, yeah. to anything to cover my, if a car went by, you know, a quarter mile away or whatever, I was using, you know, cars and whatever I could to kind of, um, you know, an inch forward. It took me a long time uh, to get through the field because, you know, even though there was a lot of cover, I couldn't stand. I had to, I had to crawl or belly crawl um, for the most part. And I have a picture of a satellite buck. I'm laying down and there's a satellite buck. And I think you, in the picture, you can't see him, but, um, I could see the satellite buck and then like 30 or 40 yards beyond that, I could see this buck's head, you know, my tall boy's head, you know, Oh wow. thinking this satellite buck is pissing me off. And so <laughs> that was the end of, you know, that, then once I had my appendectomy, it was over with, you know, and it was like, well, let's roll the dice. And, and I'd gotten a trail camp picture, you know, by the time rifle season rolls around every year, this buck shears off a lot of his points. And so he had, by the time it was, you know, close to Thanksgiving, um, I had, you know, pulled my cameras and I saw that he was just, you know, most of his times were, you know, he wasn't, he's a fighter. He was broke up. He was broke up as hell. And so, I mean, he wasn't, he wouldn't have been much of a, I mean, I think people would have just passed him. And, uh, and so that brought me up to 2018 and 2018, I never saw him on the hoof. I only had trail camp pictures of him 
And uh, um, so that really that makes know, it for a tough I, year. <laughs> At yeah, least to find him. Yes, it was. And I just, you know, I thought I was going to go out there. Just, I mean, because I'd had so much, I was finding him all the time. I just, I was going to, you know, Slime walk dunk. out there, and he was just going to, yeah, he's going to be out there, and I'm going to shoot his ass. <laughs> and it just, it never panned out. I had a my frame of mind. I think you know it's one of the things that maybe is under uh, recognized is you know a hunter and a bow hunter's frame of mind. Um, and yeah, I have a company that has to promote a product. You know, so there's a level of pressure there for success. And sometimes you can kind of lose sight of why you bow hunt, and you bow hunt because it's fun. And, and it's your passion and that's what you love to do. And, and so 2018, I just wasn't really having a lot of fun and I was, I wasn't patient. I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. You know, I was never really in the groove. Um, and so I never even saw this buck, you know, I never saw him and he was there. I mean, I was getting regular trail camp pictures of him. And then he kept shearing off all of his antlers again, you know, towards Thanksgiving. And uh, um, then it was over. Yeah. Season was over, and I was done. And uh, I think I shot a doe, and that was it. And then 2019 rolls around, and um, got a really crappy Montana elk hunt. Um, rained on most of the time and just didn't see a lot of animals and I came back and I was I I did a complete overhaul on my bow um re I changed sights I changed strings I I changed releases and I was started shooting differently and um I I coached my son in football. I'm not the head coach. I'm the assistant coach um, and one of the assistant coaches. And so we're big and, I mean, we have a, we had a really good little football team. Our kids, we just loved them. And, and so. Yeah. Takes a lot of time, lot. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, three nights a week plus, you know, a day on Saturday to play. And, and, and it's not just the coaching. It's thinking how you can get these kids to be successful at the, and to motivate them and to have confidence and all of those things that, and mental toughness and, um, and physical toughness and, and, and all those things. And so a lot of energy is there. And then football season was over. We ended on a good note. Um, and so I just, you know, the season was there. I, I didn't get, I didn't have much opportunity. And then this year rolls around. It was the same thing, but I thought, you know, we're gonna have a lot more fun this year, um, and so I, I I just felt a lot more at peace when I hooked up and went out finally to go deer hunt. Yeah. Uh, this year, and I was rewarded um, because everything, everybody that was with me, every almost every time I went out, something died. We were I was on <laughs> fire this year. I just was on fire. And I had taken a couple of days off, and or I was going to take a week off actually, and have a friend of mine, a real good friend of mine, uh, that's a police officer here in town. And I said, "Hey, David, you know, if, if it works out, 
I would, I, I, would you film? And he goes, yeah, no problem. And um, because, <laughs> and just as soon as I had kind of sent that request out, he had shot at Buck. So, you know, he was kind of done and, and he still had five days or six days of vacation. <laughs> Good and he timing. wasn't going back to work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so I was like, yes. Oh, she's gonna, you know. So the stars were starting to line up, and I didn't know that. And and David got in the uh, truck with me on the first day we were out there, and I told him, I said, you know, I'm if I see a good buck, 140 or bigger, um, I'm gonna go out there, and if he wants to come into the decoy, I'm gonna shoot him. I, I'm gonna and I'm gonna be happy. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not gonna try to go out and shoot, you know, whatever. Uh, these, you know, there was, I get big bucks on trail camera every year. And there was, there was a couple of them that man be pretty badass to have it. Well, then we swing by, um, and I have a trail camera right off the road on a water hole. I pull it and it's on their scrapes and all kinds of rubs and stuff. And so it's just, I get a lot of pictures. And so I was, David and I were parked and it's like, God, I was like, holy shit. He showed, here he is. He just showed up and I showed David, I'm going tall boys back. Well, David had to leave that afternoon and the wind had gotten really bad and cold. It went from, you know, 60 to 30 with 30 mile an hour winds. And I wasn't dressed for the afternoon weather. And so I had to go into the truck. And so I was sitting in the truck up in this up on a hill and uh guess who comes out of a crp draw with a doe well tall boy wow like yep there he is sweet he's around i see you buddy and um and so obviously i was excited to see him but i still was had the same 140 if if i see a good buck i'm I am going to, I'm going to get out. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Well, so David gets in the truck the next morning with me and we go out and we make a little quick circle and we didn't really see much movement, which we were surprised. It was a beautiful morning. It was right after, you know, it, it had chilled down. We thought there was going to be deer all over the joint. It wasn't hardly any movement. And so we drove up on a hill where we could really, where I could glass and, God dang it. Let's try a different vantage point. And so I drove down the road and I saw this buck in the draw. I go, there's a good buck right there. And I kind of sort of marked him and I said, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to stop because he's too close to the road. He's in the CRP and I had to drive seven miles around to where I was parked earlier because I didn't want to drive back by him. Parked in the road and I got in the draw with uh, David and I got in the draw and I said, he's pushing this dough this way. And if he's still in here. And so we set up and actually I was using a buck and dough combination and I was sticking them in. I had, I made these stakes and I clamped them up and I was rattling and grunting and pretending like there was rutting activity and chasing and stuff thinking that, you know, Hey, he's gonna, well, I thought he was cruising. I did not see a doe with him. Oh, okay. So I thought this was a perfect scenario for him to see this buck, my decoy with a doe, and he's going to come over and it's going to be over. For him. Yeah. 
and we kept going down the um we took our time down the draw and it's like and we got 200 yards into the draw maybe farther and i'm like god dang it dude he's got to be in here i i don't know and some a pumper had driven by and i watched him drive by and i'm going that's where i saw him he's right over here he's got to be right here and the grass you know i'm not very tall adam i don't know if you remember that or not (laughs) (laughs) but the grass is like it literally i mean all i gotta do is like squat down i mean just hardly squat down and I'm gone. Yeah. And so we were standing <laughs> trying to see in this grass. And uh, I said, you know what? My bow is laying down. The camera's laying down. I told, I turned to Dave. I said, you know what? I'm going to just grunt and see if we can get him to stand up. And I go, brah. And I'm looking and I'm standing up with the decoy at my eye level. So if he was in the grass, he would see the decoy when he stood up, you know, it wasn't, so I had it held high and David goes, shit, there he is. And I look and bam, he was already coming. Wow. And he's scrambling around, you know, words were said. He goes, Rabbi, here's your <laughs> bow. I go, I got my goddamn bow. You get a camera. <laughs> and so I, I mean, that decoy was in my bow mount and I knocked narrow as fast as I could. And he was coming because I was kind of keeping one eye on him and he was, he was coming and then he stops and I'm going, and he stands there and he looked at me and I go, Oh my God, here we go again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and cause there was, and then, um, he's looking back and I'm like, and he looked kind of odd and he kind of turned broadside and I got kind of a, uh, a range from my buddy, but not a real range. It wasn't like a range. I mean, you couldn't range through the grass anyway. Yeah, but it was an estimate. It was an estimate, and I was gonna. So I drew my bow back, um, and when I drew my bow back, he was turned away from me, broadside. He was broadside, but looking back. And after I had kind of settled into my anchor point, my decoy was still kind of shaking a little bit, and he turned, and he's like, "Oh, you ain't shaking your head at me," and boom. His the the grass was really tall, so he's coming in. He couldn't like his ears. You couldn't you can't see his ears when he comes in, but he was coming in and he was trying to stay tall so he could look at, at me, and he just marches right in and um my pins hit the front of his chest, my twenty yard pin, and I just I drilled him and. The gr- he took off, and I'm going, like, oh, I think I made a good shot. I, I didn't know because um, even though where we were at, there because I, I would always stop where I could shoot, where I had a little bit of, you know, some shooting lanes and some places to shoot, some distance. And when he spun and took off, he was back in the deep grass, and you could, I could just – I saw him bounding – and I thought there was like a little lip and kind of went down and I never saw him come out. And, and I was like, oh, I think he's down. I didn't know. And, uh, um, so there were some tense moments. Um, so we, we, we marked where I shot him, which was at somewhere between, I don't know, 19 to 20 yards, 22 yards, something like that. That's where I found the first blood was 22 yards. 
And so um, we didn't go any farther, and we went high to look to see if um, he was coming out of the draw. And so we got up onto this, and we kept going higher and higher and higher. We couldn't see anything. So we sat there for 30 minutes, and we're like, let's go get a cup of coffee. So we went and got a cup of coffee after 30 minutes, came back, and Adam, he was dead. As soon as that arrow hit him, that buck was dead. <laughs> I'd never seen a de- – I mean, we got onto the blood trail, and, I mean, the grass was – it was running Just the sprayed. blood from that frontal shot was just running down the grass and we, he went 40 yards and, and piled up. And I couldn't tell, um, honestly, I couldn't tell, um, it happened pretty fast. And so normally I see my arrow, you know, but this time I, it was just, bam, you know, it was like, so as soon as that arrow hit made impact, I felt like it went right into the center of his chest um, but I wasn't a hundred percent and, and I just felt like this was the time to, to not do something stupid and turn it into a rodeo. Yeah. Um, if you don't, if, you know, just give them a couple of minutes, you know, give them some time. And, uh, and I walked up onto him, man, and he was dead and, uh, man, that's so three, cool. <laughs> three, three years. Yeah. Cause I didn't wow. know it was him either. Oh, really? I just knew it was a good buck. Yes. And when he stood up, I'm going like, when Dave goes, there, there he is. And I go, and I'm, we get all of our stuff kind of together. And when he's, and I go, that's him, David. Or I said something to him in the whole melee there of getting our shit together. I'm going, that's him. Wow. And, and, uh, then I ended up killing him. And, um, and so, you know what? He's, he's a hell of a deer. Um, and he's, you know, he's not 170. Um, he's not 200, you know, he's, but he's, he's a really cool buck. And, and I, he's got some, a couple of long, really long ass tines. And That's so sweet. The history that I have with this buck was just so much fun. And, and I don't know, um, you know, being able to do it like that, that's how I wanted to kill him. Yeah. And, and that's how he, he died. Like the way I wanted him to <laughs> Yeah. quick well, and coming into the decoy. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a full frontal shot there. And yeah, that frontal shot I, is pretty popular. You know, you hear a lot of people talking about it for elk hunting, but you know, mm-hmm. deer deer hunting. I mean, I've I've seen it done, but you know, obviously, it's a very devastating shot. You know, from that standpoint, and and a quick kill. Uh, you know, and 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 the other thing too is if it's like you're either most likely with that shot, you're you're either gonna kill him or it's gonna be like a flesh wound, or you're gonna miss him. You know, like it's not. Whereas like right. a, it's either it's either kind of like an all or nothing sort of thing, which is it is can be good. It is unless you, know. you shoot them high, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I've killed them. I've shot them a little higher than what I would like to do, and I've killed them. Um, but I don't. Add, I mean, it's not like don't take the shot unless you're. I mean, I've bow hunted for almost thirty five years, and I'm not a certified killer by any means, but I've shot a lot of animals and 
I just feel comfortable at 20 yards. Yeah. That shot at 20 yards. I mean, I don't take that shot at 30. Yeah. Um, you know, he's coming. He's as soon as he, he just, everything was in rhythm and, and there's a rhythm to shooting. Um, and when he came in and he came in and he stopped, boom. And as soon as he stopped, I never let him off the hook. I didn't give him any opportunity to do anything. His foot hit the ground and the arrow was gone. It was a feel. I, I can't sit there and tell you that that's what I was, I was yeah. waiting for, but I reacted to it. Yeah. You, that's the only <laughs> thing you can do. And so as soon as he came in, boom, he stopped and poof, and the arrow had hit him. As soon as he put his foot down, that's when my arrow was like, I knew he was stopped for a second and he wasn't going anywhere for just three, four five seconds, whatever. And I wasn't going to give him an opportunity to get antsy or anything. And that arrow was in him before he even knew. And he was dead before he even knew, you know, going that on. somebody had shot. Yes. And so, um, and you do that stuff on the ground. And that's the beauty about hunting from the ground is your angles, your shot angles are just, and your accuracy uh, also, in my mind, you know, you're highly, you're way more accurate on the ground. I was on my knees when I shot him. Um, and you can your shot angles are just so much better, you know, from the from the ground. So um, that's you know you have sometimes those are shots we have to take when they come into the decoy. They don't always turn to the side, you know, for you. Um, quartering two shots, you just got to know where to put that arrow. Yeah. And, yeah. and and when I talk to people about quartering two shots, I don't really talk to them about where to aim on the animal. I I, I tell them think about where you want that arrow to exit Uh, and then put, and then shoot there. If you want your arrow to exit a certain part of the, on that opposite side, then your pin naturally finds where to, where to put it on that animal. And that's kind of how I, that's my philosophy on a quartering two shot. But, um, on the frontal, you know, I just, I put my 20 yard pin, right, right, right between the, you know, right between the shoulders. Um, and it's the broadhead definitely did its job. I'd never, I mean, that deer, he, he bled almost entire, all of his, all of his blood was out on the ground. Yeah. It it sounds like it. (laughs) Crazy. And I was very relieved. I mean, I, I tell you what, I, I, for just one instance, I got a little emotional about it. And then I thought, you know, that's stupid. I need to be happy. This is a freaking kick-ass animal. We have such a connection. I got him, and he he was so pretty. I mean, he was just – I and I had told Dave, I said, you know, I've never shot a 10-pointer ever. I've been in Kansas really? for bow hunting for years. I've never <laughs> shot a 10-pointer. And that morning <laughs> – tall boy comes back into my life and i kill him and i you know and so he's gonna make a great mount i can't wait to yeah to get him you know on the wall and and so and you know i've got hours of footage of me stumbling around chasing him and so that's got to be one of the things the priority is to is to get that up on my youtube channel and and document i mean because i i had my handheld hat cam with me when i was in that cornfield um and you know so there's there's a lot of stuff there um it's a it's definitely a mini series for for sure but 
Um, yeah, that'll be a neat video. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 100%. And that was just one of, one of I mean, uh, I helped my son shoot his first buck. I got a buddy of mine. He shot a freaking hell of a nice 150, you know, uh, half a mile away from where we were at. I helped him with that. That was an epic hunt. And then my brother comes out a week later, and, you know, we, we get out and try to decoy in this buck and then you know he doesn't want to come in and we we go in we have a cup of coffee we try some other spots and i said you know what i I think our wind is going to be i think we can do something with this wind and ended up my brother shooting his buck that buck at 12 yards i mean killing him i mean it was stuff was i was on fire last year and so I don't expect that this year. In fact, it's probably going to be heartache this year. But you know, Adam, <laughs> it was, it was, and they all came into the decoy. It was, it was kick ass. You know, that's so cool, so cool. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, what? Uh, where can we go to find out more, Garrett? Tell us website, and social media stuff. Yeah, headsupdecoy.com is the website. Um, obviously, you know we're at headsupdecoy on the gram. You know, and, and if you search Heads Up Decoy on um, Facebook, we're there, too. Um, you know, we try to put up a few things here and there. Um, we took a little hiatus from social media. Uh, we was getting a little down on some of the stuff. And uh, we're still don't spend a ton of time on social media um, just because um, we have our reasons, I guess. Um, but right now you know uh we want to make sure everybody knows that we are alive and that we have product and really good to use and fun and uh and we know uh people are out there looking for something to do right now yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. well i can't wait to get out and chase some turkeys myself when it, when are you getting out next uh the next best day so <laughs> yeah. the next day that's nice we'll probably go out um i we've got some weather moving in i think and um we'll have to just see kind of how the weather plays out but if it's nice then we're going to get out um and if not uh, we'll work on some stuff some content here um some stuff that you and i kind of talked about earlier and yeah um you know keep our distance from people um you know so 100 percent. yeah unfortunately unfortunately that's kind of where we're at you know, yeah man. yeah yeah exactly um, well either way uh best of luck the rest of the season and we'll be yeah we'll be uh looking forward to chatting about some turkeys and and this has been fun too to talk about the decoy and and getting us fired up for spring turkey season here and then you know covering a little whitetail stuff to get us daydreaming about november that was really fun oh yeah <laughs> Cause right now, you know, November, you know, we need November. Uh, we need, we need to get out of this crap that's going on in our yeah. world right now. And, and, you know, so it's kind of nice to get our minds off of that, but we want everybody out there to stay well and, and do the right thing. You know, um, we've, you know, our family, you know, we limit our, um, public footprint, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, you know, we do, we do get out there, but we don't, uh, we don't gather, um, you know, and it's been nice. You know what, Adam, I haven't had to pull, you know, we, we're not coaching baseball. Uh, we're not neck deep in baseball. So we're getting a lot of family time. Yeah. Um, take advantage of that. different stuff and we're slowing down. 
you know, and it's kind of nice. Um, we don't have the TV on much. Um, our kids are, you know, um, you know, we have some neighbor kids and, you know, they play outside. Um, and, and that's basically it. You yeah. Know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Inter- interesting times, but it, it, you know, one of the things, uh, too, is thinking about what the, you know, I feel like our earth kind of needs to breathe a little bit and, you know, with less people driving and less, less factories running, less things operating, um, you know, you have to think that maybe there will be some good environmental impacts from, from less, you know, going on and, and, uh, you know, that's only going to benefit the wildlife and wild places too. So, you know, there's, yeah, I guess I there's mean, an upside to it. Yeah. The upside I think would be probably a lot of people probably rethink about all this junk that they were, or that they were doing that, man, why did we do that? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> I guess, um, you know, I mean, it's just so easy to jump in the car and, and, and go grab something where now, you know, you can't do that. And then if you're, you start maybe thinking about, you know, being a little more efficient, I think is probably, yeah. um, you know, we need our factories going because we need people to work, but I know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's definitely, it's definitely a little quieter, which is nice. Um, you know, there's less hustle and bustle. That's good too. You know, it's good to slow down. Uh, this is not the way to do that, but this is, it's good to slow down and, um, you know, but it'll be nice if we can slow down without having to worry about, you know, getting sick, you know, and, and yeah. no matter what side you're on, if you think this is a big hoax or if it's the real deal, you, the right thing to do is to be cautious. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, very good, Garrett. Well, I appreciate you coming on. This is, this is again, a lot of fun and, and, uh, well, I can't wait to have you back on again. I think this has been like the fourth or fifth time on the podcast. Yeah. So I, yeah. we'll just keep her yeah. rolling. I love it. You bet. I'll keep trying to shoot big animals or, or animals and having fun, and, and then we'll talk and um, keep doing this. I mean, every I think every podcast I do with you, I think there's something that I, you know, there's so much about spot hunting from the ground that you and I talk about. Um it's just a, it's an entire novel, you know? Yeah, it really um, is. It really is. So. Yeah. And we want to, we want to dive into that information, you know, as, as much as we can get out of Garrett Rose's brain, we're going to, we're going to dissect it. <laughs> yeah. I've failed and I have lots of friends that fail at it and we, we, we talk a lot about it and it's, um, there's just, there's a lot. There's a lot to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and we, we definitely enjoy that. I enjoy that much more than, um, I mean, it's, it's just, I, I, I really, you know, I really like it. Our decoys type, you know, help, you know, even the playing ground, you know, even the playing field with being out in the open, but the spot stock stuff is just, it's, it's exhilarating and it's, it's, uh, it's fun, you know, and it's technical and, and it's all those things wrapped into, you know, wrapped into a package and when it all goes down um you feel you hit you feel like you're invincible you know yeah. sometimes pretty amazing pretty amazing yeah well, i love yep. it well very cool garrett well i again appreciate you you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk at you soon all right 
Uh, you bet, Adam. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to the next time. All right, and there it is, another episode in the books. Big thanks to Garrett for coming on the show. I had a lot of fun. I can't wait for turkey season here. Uh, a lot of you guys are probably already out chasing birds and getting after it, but for those that are still awaiting your turn, um, I hope uh, I hope it's successful. Hope it's hope it's a lot of fun. So uh, if you, if you get a chance, go check out headsupdecoy.com. I've used the turkey decoy. It's versatile. It's lightweight. I love it. Highly recommend it. And you know, if you haven't done from the ground trying to reap a turkey or get in close with a decoy, it's it's something that's pretty fun. Leave the ground blind at home and uh, try something new. So uh, it's always fun to mix it up. All right. If you are elk hunting in Colorado this fall, make sure you go to transitionwild.com. Subscribe. I will send you the Colorado Beginner Elk Hunting Guide for free. It's a essentially a 10-page PDF that walks you through kind of getting started with elk hunting in Colorado from scouting to gear to uh you know, inspiration to uh, when to hunt, where to hunt, season dates, all that sort of stuff. So head on over, transitionwild.com, subscribe. I will send you the Colorado Beginner Elk Hunting Guide for free. All right, that is it. Hope you guys have a great day. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon.